Welcome to Karate in the Garage. I'm Corey Cope. I'm Freddie Waff. Oh, boy. It is. It's July. How would it? Yeah, it's man. Ju- it's July. What are and- we doing? Where are you? <laughs> I'm on vacation. <laughs> I, I was, Live I, from Hawaii. It, it's a big secret. No, yeah. We're on. Shh, we're uh, we're in Kauai right now, and we're going to be going out and later in the day and flying over to Oahu for the rest of our trip. Sweet. Just kind of trying to goofing off. It's been atypical Hawaii weather here. Uh, we went tubing yesterday. Tubing? Yeah. And they got this uh, irrigation ditch here that they uh, they used to use for sugarcane groves like 200 years ago. And that would allow them to bring water from one side of the valley to the island. Sorry, one side of the island to the other and get the crops. And it accelerated their, their crop growth by, what was it, they said 300 times? Wow. So it's kind of, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's pretty wild. It's cool. And to get there in a tube and go through all these irrigation tunnels so you're in the dark a bunch of times. Pretty cool. Yeah. Sounds groovy. Just been chilling. We've been here for five days. Nice. Yeah. It's been groovy. Right. Guess what's coming out on Tuesday? And it's funny because this weekend is like we talked about last week is all about Jaws and usually just about Jaws and not the franchise, but Jaws 2 and Jaws were shown on Sci-Fi all weekend, but Jaws 2, it's a 4K release finally on Tuesday. Fantastic. Well-deserved. Right? Isn't that weird, though? A 4th of July release day. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, it's weird, dude, because like, it's funny because I ordered some stuff from Amazon that I wasn't expecting it to even be shit, but apparently it's arriving tomorrow, but I guess... Only people in the film business are used to having like, <laughs> like tomorrow being a holiday as well. <laughs> right. Because I guess the mail still runs tomorrow and people are working tomorrow and then they're going to have a 4th of July and then they're going back to work on Wednesday. But uh, yeah, right. I mean, I feel like, you know, in movie people, like if I was to try to call somebody, you know, on Friday, they were already gone for the weekend. They won't be back till Wednesday. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's 4th of July week. Yeah. If you're hearing a little noise in the background, I'm sitting in the lobby. And I was, I was thinking, hey, 6 a.m. here, I could probably get away with doing this and not be too loud. And uh, sure enough, right at clockwork on a timer, I'm assuming, boom, we're getting uh, uh, island versions of your favorite pop songs that your parents used to listen to. So, sure. Hey. <laughs> Dope. I always thought that was weird, though, like hearing like island music converted to island music. So like if you heard like uh, any reggae being converted to this island music it was always kind of that extra little uh so like no woman don't cry like the hawaiian version sure something like that <laughs> <laughs> but so, yeah, so, so yeah so oh by the way we talked about upgrade early in in the show uh, not this particular episode but early on in the in the run of our podcast that uh it is a is a fun movie you know got the mat the proper mashup of things but upgrade is finally getting an upgrade it's getting a 4k release on tuesday as well interesting yeah i really didn't think we'd get that because well universal didn't want to put any more money into it but and that's a good reason for the 4k and it's not universal it is our friends at chow factory chow factory now hopefully there's some extras on it because there isn't any extras on the other one. It's, I think it's a trailer and maybe a small featurette, but nothing special. But I don't even think I ever looked, honestly. I think I've only watched the movie. <laughs> yeah. I don't I think, think there is anything on it, really, other than maybe like maybe a, like a 10 minute behind the scenes 
You know, yeah. those kind of weird, not even a featurette, like a, like a, a tease of a featurette maybe. <laughs> yeah. You get, you get something, uh, I don't know. Some kind of, uh, abbreviated thing, some EPK thing. Who yeah, knows? Right. Like something like that. Like they started it and then they're like, ah, you know, nobody wanted to talk to him. And they just, like, they, they sent him home after the end of the first day. <laughs> Fired, EPK. You're not pulling but, it off. You're done. You guys suck. You know what it was? I was thinking that the digital doesn't have anything on it. But these, uh, the only thing new to the shot release is the is the new 4K image. That is oh, Dolby. so everything else is the same. Right. And, uh, there's one, two, and there's like, I don't know, like eight, eight different featurettes. So that's not too bad. Wow, I don't, wow, I don't even, I didn't, didn't realize those are on the Blu-ray I have. Wow. I got to look. Never looked. It, you, know, you know, how Shout usually puts a notation with the big, sure. bold word of says new emblazoned across it for each featurette so they can take credit for it. None of that. The only thing it says new is the, is both the Blu-ray and the 4K uh, new image that new encode they've done that's it that's all they have. that's nothing else there huh but that, that's a plus though because i didn't think we'd even get that so it's something weird I, mean, I mentioned last week about the mi releases that were coming out in 4k individually ahead of dead reckoning part one coming to the theater I, I think it was just the first two that came out last week because this week it's three and four so i'm wondering if they're kind of piecemealing it until the release of the new movie Hmm. In a theater, just my guess, but yeah, weird, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah, that seems. Uh, yeah, well, good luck. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm excited about the uh, the Jaws four 4K. I mean, uh, or Jaws two 4K, not <laughs> Jaws four 4K. Jaws four, no, actually, I would be excited by a Jaws four because we all know that's Jaws: The Revenge, which might be the most maligned movie ever made. You think it's the most maligned movie ever made? Uh, I mean, look, maybe at the time. I don't know that you know. After seeing things like Deep Blue Sea two and three, and um, some other things, Jaws: The Revenge seems like a fucking like <laughs> Lawrence of Arabia of the water. <laughs> I think AC is doing a, a Lawrence of Arabia 70 mil like they usually do every. No, they are. Nope. Three, time, do, three it's times sold a year. Out already, though. Jeez. Sold out. Like of course it is. That and uh, there were two movies and they were both sold out. I feel like the other one might have been Jaws and that, but both Probably. of them literally, like the day they put them on the thing, sold out. I'm like, come on. Why are you advertising? <laughs> Why? I know. I this know. This email just came out and you even on your email, you're saying it's sold out. Well, it's because everybody's ready for it. They know the announcement's coming because you've been right. teasing it like all member, week. I feel like I feel like members get a heads up anyway. Oh, I'm right? sure. I mean, I'm I'm not a member anymore. I think I let my membership lapse because I think I used to get uh, I used to get announcements like you know, hey, you know, early bird special, you know, come and get your blue plate, uh, you know, turkey and toast, and <laughs> watch Lawrence of Arabia <laughs> three in the afternoon on Sunday, blue hair. Um, <laughs> but no, that, that, that's awesome. I mean, it would be amazing to see. I haven't seen, I, I saw it in the theater at San Ramadome, but God, that was, fuck, I want to say 30 years ago. Cause I think I saw it on its 30th anniversary. It's about 92, right. 93, 92, I guess when they uh, ran it. God, I miss, I miss the San Ramadome for things like that. We were just talking about that at work the other day about some, uh, one of the younger coworkers I have, 
he's like, what was that one, one that's called over there on, on, in Hollywood? I'm like, so I'm rattling off all these movie titles, uh, theater titles. He's like, no, 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 not that one. And I'm like, the dome? Oh, no, not that one. I said, okay, I'm thinking like, which one is closed? And I'm like, oh, the Egyptian, you mean? He's like, yeah, yeah, the Egyptian. And I, I forgot that it had been closed all this time, that they never reopened it. But that's the, isn't that the one that Netflix owns? The Egyptian, yeah, that's where they do all the American Cinematheque stuff. I think yeah. It, I think, it, didn't it reopen? I don't know. I haven't seen anything there. And, and but la- I mean, beyond that, la- we were at Beyond Fest last year. Nothing was there because they were still kind of spreading it out between the Arrow and Los Feliz. Oh, also the, uh, what the hell's that one by the, about the Hollywood Bowl? You know what I'm talking about? It's like a le- the Legion Hall. The American that, Legion? Yeah, yeah. That one that's right there by the, down the street. Yeah, it's on Hollywood. Highland. Yeah, Just yeah, right, that around one. The, right around the corner from the church where everybody parks. Yeah, I don't think they were using that before. I think they're using it as an alternative to, to the Egyptian and the other smaller Egyptian theaters connected to it. Oh, I had no idea. I don't know, but I don't go to those big events like that. When, when Beyond Fest does stuff, I go, I always have a affinity for the smaller movies anyway. Yeah, I think the, I'm trying to remember the last time, I, what was the last movie I saw at the Egyptian? Uh, I want to say it was probably unfortunate. No, no, no. It's open now. I think. Hold on. Let's see. Yeah. Jaws. While you're doing that, I'm going to go ahead and talk about the fact that, hey, it's, that, it. it's that time of year. Criterion collection sale at Barnes & Noble. Always. Uh, yeah, man. Well, there was a bunch of new titles that had come out since the last one when I bought stuff in November. Was That was the last time I bought anything. And uh, I, at the time, like right after that, I think it was December is when the, the Infernal Affairs trilogy had come out. And so I'm getting that this time. The Thelma and Louise 4K, um, that was like January, February, I'm getting that. And movie that we covered um, on that, as far as Criterion releases, is that Bull Durham Criterion yep. that we talked that's a good about. One. So mm-hmm. I'm like 20 bucks, is, that's a good deal. Amazon matches some titles in pricing. Not a whole bunch. And if there's something that's still coming, then you can go ahead and pre-order it. Uh, the sale goes until the 28th of July, but here's what's super dope. Um, this is one title we talked about a while back being coming out and it comes out on the 11th. And I'm going to announce it now because we're talking about Criterion. And that's that 4K after hours release. Yeah, man. Mine's pre-ordered. I always want to wait till the pre-order on that because I'm like going, it. someone's going to have a half off sale. I'm going to wait. And sure enough, there it was. And I'm like, sweet. So I, um, I did a small order with Amazon to get that stuff that's available now. And then I just pre-ordered the other, I, I ordered all the pre-order stuff on Barnes and Noble. I hadn't bought anything in a while. I'm like, ah, I got to get some stuff. So. I was curious if that, because I, I was worried that thing was going to push again. <laughs> with after hours? Like, yeah, man. I feel yeah. like it's, uh, you know, I've been teased with this Blu-ray of, uh, you know, <laughs> with this special edition of after hours, like my whole life since 1985. <laughs> right. And uh, I mean, for the longest time, dude, you couldn't even get it anywhere. It was like, there was a shitty DVD. I mean, it wasn't shitty, but it was, you know, there's bare bones, nothing on it. Right. And the quality was, you know, VHS quality, which is fine because that's how I remember seeing it anyway. But, you know, like I've been waiting for, um, I mean, because as everyone must know by now, it's my favorite Scorsese movie. And I'm not, I'm not saying it because I'm not being that guy. It just really is. It's like, I saw it in a theater 
1985. So it was probably that and Color Money are probably the first two Scorsese movies I saw in a theater that I can remember because I know I didn't see Raging Bull or anything like that. Uh, Goodfellas all the afterwards, but those first two have kind of a special place for me. I don't know. I mean, I don't know where they rank in everybody's Scorsese films, but for me, they're both real high. But what I was going to say our favorite theater here and uh, there's some things I want to ask. Did everybody, did everybody go see blowout yesterday? <laughs> Brian De Palma's blowout at the Los Feliz three. You should have, we talked about it. Yep. It's playing. Uh, it was 7 PM uh, there at the Los Feliz three, but uh, tomorrow night at 10 PM at the Los Feliz three cinematic void is presenting roller coaster <laughs> with yes. George Siegel, which is fantastic. Uh, it is. I hope everybody gets to see it on a big screen. I'd like to go, but unfortunately uh, I'm not, <laughs> but anybody that goes, please report back to us and let us know how it was. You know, it's so funny about, th- I remember when they were working on roller coaster at the time. Oh, I don't know. They was did it sense around, right. Didn't the, didn't, didn't yeah. it, wasn't it like, uh, wasn't it like uh, John Goodman and Mant? <laughs> yeah. They did this really cool thing. Um, where, yeah, the sound was very, uh, it, it rattled the seats and stuff. It was kind of cool. The, the effect was only there when the roller coaster was, on camera, which I, I thought was kind of cool. Here's what's nuts. They, now, now keep in mind, the, the main roller coaster that they focus on in the movie, uh, as far as you want to call it, the hero coaster that's being threatened by this bomber, it's the revolution at, at Magic Mountain. And it was so new that they had to shut it down for the sake of, they had to shut that the ride down to the public while they are um, while they were, um, making the movie and shooting those scenes. But they had it shut down for like a week and the ride was only a few months old. And can you imagine shutting down that yeah, thing? Yeah, right? Good Lord. The, the construction wasn't done on it originally when they wanted to shoot it. So they came back like seven months later to finish it. And unfortunately, that was like prime time when the ride was only open for a couple of months. So, yeah, it's messed up. But so, yeah, that was, dude, I remember that one. Like, that was classic. And if you frequented Magic Mountain like we did, it, it was weird seeing that in such a an obvious. I think was that the first loop coaster in the United States? Uh, maybe I think it might. Uh, have, I remember, it might have been. Yeah, that's, I think it was kind of like the joke about the 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 the, the play on calling it the revolution and having a loop was. It was obviously it's called the revolution because it was released in 1976. It was kind of the revolution, and it used to be cute and clever back then. Sure, and it didn't seem cheeky. But now, right. now all the all, now the ride names. Well, Joey and I went back there because he had a new camera and we were out there shooting. And he's asked me the name of some of the rides. I'm like, my buddy, I haven't been here in 25 years. I have no idea what these rides are called. Riddler's Revenge isn't still there, is it? Um, <laughs> no, but was it on Entourage? It was called, they converted to Aquaman. They called the Aquaman yeah, ride. Yeah, totally. with the Something, yeah, something yeah. stupid. So a uh, quick rundown on the After Hours release. So it's a new 4K restoration, obviously. And the Blu-ray is going to be struck from that restoration. But there's also, what was it? There's a, there's a new uh, featurette in there uh, featuring uh, costume designer Rita Riek and production designer Jeffrey Townsend. That's kind of cool. That's great. New cover. Uh, hopefully uh, it'll be reversible, but it usually isn't, right? No, I mean, not really. No. I mean, I'm, I'm hopeful that they'll do something cool, but I don't know how they get better than that original cover, dude, because I want to yeah. say that's literally the poster I saw when I was dropped off to see whatever movie I was dropped off to see, and I saw them saw that 
the, the twisting of Griffin Dunn's head, and I was like, I'm going to see that. Because it says so much about the movie. It says you, back when posters said something about the movie without saying something about the movie and ruining something for you. Yeah, that was... Sure, man. Back when people used to, you know, when, you know, they were designed by, like, you know, artists and not, you know, in Photoshop, like the Barbie one that's out now. So there's a really cool extra feature in there that's new, and I'm stoked that they're doing this because I don't know the last time he's talked about it, but writer... Brandon Leibowitz and Martin Scorsese have a new conversation talking about After Hours, which is awesome because I don't, I can't remember the last time Criterion had that kind of exclusive situation where it was something he wasn't just doing on a press junket or something. You know, they sat Marty and, and Fran down and, and talked to them about the movie. I want to give you one example. They did it on the Fast Times Criterion. They had Olivia Wilde sit down with that's right. Cameron and Amy Heckerling. I mean, it was during COVID, so. COVID, right. Because you're getting, so you get that so Zoom thing. So they're not thing. together, but yeah. Right, But they, right. they did a Zoom, but, but I think this is, that's kind of similar, right? Like they do, the, some of these newer, like, I feel like the, you know, it's funny, like Criterion, a lot of these movies, if you said 10 years ago that Criterion was going to do Fast Times Original High, I would have laughed. Right. Because they always seemed so like, woo, check out the Janice collection. <laughs> Um, you know something I didn't know too about this about this release is that it's the mono soundtrack. They didn't do like some kind of special audio for it or anything like that, which is good because you know, no, gonna... I think it. I think it really would. I think that that's one of the things that helps the movie feel oh, so yeah. weird and like off-putting. Well, yeah, dude. Literally, my the, the, we talked about this movie before, right? There's two. There's two kinds of fans: people who love it and people who hate it, and people right. who love to hate it, right? Like right. my brother fucking hates it. It's crazy it's, talk. It, it's probably because I made him, you know, we watched it many times where, and he just hates it. He's like, if, if I mention it to this day, he wants to fight. There's two things <laughs> I can get to get a fight with my brother. Make him watch after hours and turn on the glory of love by Peter Cetera. And we will fight fist fight to this day. Well, I, I don't blame him on the, on the ladder. Stop it. <laughs> or are you more of a, uh, Peter Cetera and Cher, after all, um, God, chances no, are. <laughs> no. Next time I fall in love, Peter Cetera and Amy Grant, do your thing. <laughs> no. Okay, no. stop. I'm done. Sorry. No. So, okay, so we did this with Minority Report, right, and Cruise and Spielberg. What? We don't ever talk about this because we really talk about Scorsese. We're usually, like, giving, a, giving the Irishman a dig when we every, every opportunity we have. But where would you place After Hours on your Scorsese list? Mine? Number one. It's in my top three, for sure. I mean, for me, yeah, I don't know. Again, Perfect Storm, it's probably the first movie I saw that I knew was Martin Scorsese. Right. When I was 15. I was the same. So, but over the years, I mean, I just love it. And I also think it's it's so wildly different from anything else he's done. Right. Um, I know a lot of people are like, well, if you like that, you should love And King of Comedy is cool. I do like King of Comedy. It's in my top 10. But um, After Hours is, is, is number one for me. Or how about for you? Top three? Oh, top three for sure. Yeah. It, I think because, well, when I see like Raging Bull or anything that people consider his one of Martin's best like movies, right? To me, those are movies I saw with my dad. They're movies that my dad introduced me to. This was the first Scorsese movie that was mine, that I took ownership of. I saw this in the theater, just like you did. 
you know, like I mentioned recently, my dad, the last movie my dad saw in a theater was Close Encounters and Follow Me Boys. And Follow Me Boys in <laughs> 1978. That was the last time he was at the, I should, I want to clarify something. It's not the last time my dad and I watched a movie together. It's the last time he went to a theater or a drive-in to see a movie. I don't think I clarified that last time I talked about that. Right. You made it seem like your father didn't watch a movie for 40 years. No, yeah, he didn't. <laughs> he hated movies. No. <laughs> hated them. That was it. Follow me, boys. It was so bad or it was so good. This is this is a fun little anecdote related to what we just talked about. When he worked at Sony and Superscope and Marantz, it was all one unit back in the day. They would go on top of the building right down the street, a couple blocks away from the, the Winneka drive-in. And then when I could drive in was the type that had the radio broadcast of whatever movie you're looking at. So you'd have to put the little clip on your antenna. Well, they worked for a stereo company. So they were able to pull up these giant amplified uh, receivers and everything like that and pull the signal in. And they would sit on top of the building with this, you know how they have those giant magnifying glasses that people use for like, they're like, they're like window size magnifying glasses. So they put one of those on the edge of the building sit back and magnify whatever movie they had in on screen two and watch it and pull the signal in of the audio signal in and watch the movies. He's watched plenty of movies that way. So that was, that's like one of the reasons why I have such an affection for Winneka because you get to be able to experience it and not have that little box hanging on your window and on your door, right? You got to actually experience it through your radio and your car. If you had a decent system, it sounded all right. For me, After Hours was my first Scorsese movie that was mine and not something my dad showed me. So yeah, I definitely have that. Uh, you know, reason it, I, but I think it's a sliding scale too, like we talked about with yep. with Cruz and Spielberg. It's a sliding scale. But this is one, anytime After Hours has ever been on cable in the past, I was like, oh shit, oh shit. Because it's so not like him. It's so not like the kind of stuff that people expect from him. Same thing with New York, New York. It's the same thing with that for me. It's like you... You see something that's so not him, and it, and it, and you vibe with it. This is more effective than New York, New York for me. But yeah, After Hours is solid, solid across the board. And I don't, I mean, like when you get to the Roseanne Arquette sequence, like it's so fucking heartbreaking. We see it, and you're like, oh man, yeah, it's so good. I love this movie. Dude, to yeah, I mean, there's there's from there when he goes to the bar. It's just so clever how everything ties together. Like when he goes to the bar and John Hurd is going to give him the key. He's going to loan the money, but he cannot open the register, and he gets the right. keys to his apartment. And then we find out that she was Hurd's girlfriend. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. just so like, you know, and it, dude, it's the ultimate having a bad day movie, right? Right. There's it. I, I've not seen one better. And again, I'm a fan. It's a weird subgenre. It's a movie that all takes place in one night, right? Which we we've talked about before. Uh, You know, another Scorsese movie that that sort of has some of this sort of kinetic energy that After Hours has in abundance is uh, Scorsese's Bringing Out the Dead. Is another Mm -hmm. um, sort of it's another one of my favorites too. It's definitely top ten Scorsese for me. But it sort of has that same because you don't you meet you're running in all these random New Yorkers and it's weird because it's a New York that doesn't really exist anymore. But right. I wish it did. Right. I'm with that. Yeah. <laughs> now, is was this a laser disc thing? But the, I'm not sure because this feature where Scorsese, Thomas, and uh, Michael Bauhau, and then Griffin Dunn and Amy Robinson doing a commentary was that part of the laser disc? I would say yes. I would say yeah because right, it's definitely not part of this. It's not part of that DVD for sure. And I I don't know that the Blu-ray that I don't is there. A, I think there's a Blu-ray exists, but it's just the I think it was Warner Archives just put out like a Blu-ray version of that of the DVD that came out like in oh, 2000. Right. right. 
So it must be, it, that must have been from, uh, it must be from the, the laser disc. Yeah. I mean, that's, that, that's, out of the, everything coming out this year, that's the one that's making me most excited. And I think that, see, and I agree, remind everybody out there, you're on a moratorium for purchasing opticals this year. And this, of course, this is, this is the year, of course, the criterion decides, you know what, Freddie, sure. so we're going to help you out. We're going to help you out with your plan of not buying I'm any not movies. Buying any. So, <laughs> yes. So here you go. Jack holes. Uh, look here, but it's been tough, dude, because Arrow released that 4K version of uh, King of New York. Yeah. You know, every fucking time I open an email from Arrow, it's like right in front of me. But yeah, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm bending the rule. I'm buying this. There's no way I'm not buying it. I, right. I don't care. I mean, look, I'm t- I'll take a mulligan, right? Everybody, right. everybody gets a mulligan. <laughs> so there's my mulligan. Well, we're, there's another, is it Radiance? Is that, uh, is Radiance, that, uh, yeah. We we're going to talk about some Radiance releases we've just unearthed. Yes. Through Aaron Kashalis. Aaron Kashalis was nice. It was kind enough to pass on to you, like, hey, did you know about this? And, and uh, it was funny because I think he just recently tweeted about one of the two movies I'm going to mention that I already picked up for both of us because they're having a, a, a flash sale, Radiance. Uh, it's a UK uh, outfit, another small boutique. But they've got uh, a limited edition of Miami Blues in 3,000 pieces that you can pick up. And you know what? We, talk, we just got done talking about how important the original art is for us. But how great is that cover? Dude, the, the covers for both of those things are pretty phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. That, that one, the, especially that one, and even the other one, um, which you're going to mention here in a second, right. they're, they're fantastic. Yep. I, I, I've, not, I've not seen images like that on, you know, it's a really smart way to go uh, with, you know, especially if you're, you know, you're trying to stand out from the crowd. But do you know what's very reminiscent of? It, it's reminiscent of what Criterion does on their channel, on their streaming channel. Yes, correct. Yeah, that's what it's cool. What, that's what I dig about it. But, and, and, but why they don't, why Criterion doesn't adopt that across the board, I don't, I don't know. But the second title is The Hot Spot. Love it. Yes. Now, here's what's cool about Radiance. Now, in this case, what they're doing, the special edition they have, is sometimes they'll lease. Encodes. This, so this is actually the Kino Lorber encode for for the hotspot. So they have a bunch of stuff on there. Some of this. That's the thing about these packages. They are limited edition, and some of these things are out of print. I don't remember Kino ever releasing the hotspot, but that's how how they get by and able to continue to put out these titles that are like this. Now we, there is no Miami Blues that I'm aware of, right? This is a special HD transfer that they're doing themselves, or they they hired. Or they borrowed from another uh, another alphabet. They don't note that. So I, I don't know. I mean, I'm interested to see what's on there. But there's a ton of extras. I didn't think we're going to be on something like this. Yeah, man. The Miami Blues one's got like a 44 page booklet inside it that I'm really excited to see. And again, like the other, like, like I mentioned, they're only uh, three thousand pieces, and it's not expensive. Floating from the UK, I got two copies of each for under seventy dollars shipped from the UK. That's for, for a limited edition release like that. And dude, like the art is so great and it's got a reversible. So you get that, that VHS right. style. You get the original post. Yeah. The original, yeah. the original artwork box. Yeah. Art. With, with Fred and, and Jennifer Jason Lee there. We talked about Miami blues briefly when we were covering, I want to say Tremors is the only thing we covered. That was Fred Ward, I think. Right. Uh, no, we did it off limits. Oh Yeah. 
And as everybody who's seen, uh, they know you're, you're shocked when Fred Ward, you see Fred Ward in Off Limits. That's right. This might be my favorite movie of his, and he's got a lot of great ones, but I've always dug him in going, I don't remember anything here, but his character's got false teeth. Yeah. And it always makes me, it always makes me laugh. And I'm like, is he old enough to have false teeth? But then I, you know, I was at an age where I wasn't really right aware, aware that you could lose that many teeth outside of hockey to, to warrant you having a whole mouthful of a, yeah. a fake one stuck in there. That 50 or whatever he was at that point. Yeah. I think the hot spot for me was such a draw because that was for those of us that had that crush on Jennifer Connelly. That was the first time that, uh, you got to see her in a not such, such cutesy role. And I don't mean that because she gets naked in it. That's not kind of like, not what no, I'm no, saying. No, no, I know but. what you're saying. Absolutely. Yeah, no, uh, it, it's a, dude, it's a, it's a nice little piece of desert noir, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it also for me, like, it's weird. Like the big draw for me, other than the three leads, um, was Hopper as a director. Right. Cause just a couple years before he had made sort of a directorial comeback with colors I think this was his, his next movie right after Colors. Right. Uh, and then right after this came Chasers, which oddly enough, we mentioned a couple of weeks ago. Right. But yeah, this was, you know, Dennis Hopper making a comeback. Like, right, this was after Blue Velvet, Hoosiers, you know, it was all in that time period. And uh, it's a really twisted little piece of noir set in, you know, Dust Bowl, Texas. It, it's good, man. It's, um, to me, it's, it's a better version well, it's not, a, I don't know if it's a better version. It, it, it's, it's similar to things like Red Rock West. You know, if you're a fan of Red Rock West or U-Turn, things like that, and you haven't seen the hotspot, this is your chance to see it. And this is probably the best you're ever going to see it. Right. This is a movie I saw in a, in a theater here in LA, weirdly enough. I, I feel like maybe at the Pepper Tree. <laughs> that sounds about right. Uh, cause you know, it wasn't like this movie wasn't, you know, this wasn't like a 2,500 theater release. <laughs> it wasn't playing at the, uh, Granada Hills, uh, man or whatever it was over there. Well, that, that, was that the one over, what was that one? The Granada Hills one. That was the one over by. It's like on, it's, it's behind, it's kind of right up behind Granada Hills High. It's tucked in the corner, right? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yep. I saw, I've seen a lot of movies there. I've seen a lot of movies there. When Sergio and I worked at the video store right down the street from that, uh, across the street from where the pepper tree was, we were, you and Sergio, Sergio and I were just talking about that in our text chain. But we used to, we had a deal. You could rent as many movies as you wanted to for the, with, the, with the theater guy, and he would hook us up with free passes all the time, which was great. So we saw a lot of movies there. But I think the first thing I ever saw there was a preview like we did, it was a test screening preview for Martin Short, Nick Nolte in what movie? Three Fugitives. Three Fugitives. Yeah. What an what an odd movie that was. Yeah, man. It was funny, but it was odd. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those movies. It's funny. It's there's a whole slew of those sort of weird. Uh, it's a '90s thing, man. Yep. <laughs> the '90s were. It's funny. It seems like a, they're like a, it's like a forgotten decade. Like people always say, movies in the nineties were terrible, but they're not. Nope. There's a lot no. of great movies, which uh, you know, sort of. What's the? You must remember this is is sort of killing it right now with their uh, sort of uh, their nineties series. Right, it's fun. They're all movies. That's a that's a that's a that's a really good podcast. That's a really. I mean, yeah. For those of us had that, when we always talk about the, our, our affinity, like that, that, that shift that we got with touchstone and Hollywood pictures, when they did that thing where they switched from the eighties stuff into the nineties stuff, it was, um, they didn't keep doing the same movies, but they did movies that nobody else was doing. 
you could look at a cover from across the room at a, at a blockbuster and know that's a Hollywood video or that was a touchstone movie, no matter how, when it came out. Sure. hundred percent. But yeah, that was a trippy one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, one other thing, the extras on the hotspot on this radiance release, there's 2021 interviews with Virginia Madison and Bill Sadler, but there's also two new uh, featurettes on one's on Dennis Hopper and one is on the the source novel itself. Charles Williams, the, the the writer that wrote the original book. Right. They're both 20, 22 minutes long and they were just produced this year. So that, so we got some brand new, really cool stuff on there. This is going to be one of those really low key movies that you've never heard of before. And if you dig Jennifer Connelly stuff when she was a kid, like Labyrinth, to fast forward to stuff that she does these days, cool to watch the movie that kind of bridged between the two things. You know, that wasn't, it wasn't that, this is like right after she did, or is this just before? Right after or just before she did? Right before The Rocketeer. Right before The Rocketeer, but... Right after Career Opportunities. Career, career Opportunities, yeah. Yeah. Sandwiched in between. Sandwiched, so to speak. Yeah, and this is, you know, and, and Virginia Madsen had sort of made a career of this, uh, you know, between Slam Dance and Gotham and right. uh, and the Hotspot. She definitely had a niche that, uh, you know, she was the one, there was nobody else doing that. You know, she was that girl. She was that, that was, if you were, if you're making that sort of movie and you did Femme Fatale or whatever you'd like to call it in the noir uh, world, <laughs> right. um, you know, she was the it girl for those kind of movies in, in that time period. Yeah, she was. She's great. We we just again we just talked about her. What were we talking about her with again? In Gotham, because uh, it, it, it oh, sort yeah, of came yeah, up yeah. organically in one of our conversations. Because uh, yeah, one of those movies that you just don't think about. And I'm trying to remember why it came up. I feel like maybe I don't remember. I'd have to go back and listen to it. It's one of the kickstarts, but uh, yeah. But dude, this is a pleasant surprise. These are these are such great films to finally sort of you know having a. Uh, and especially that there's they're they're still doing these uh, these new extras on these things, right? You know, because they're movies that like unless you're like a real movie geek, <laughs> you probably don't know them, <laughs> right? Right? Yeah, just saying. There you go. I, this is not going to be our last one from <laughs> remotely for me. We got one more for doing that. This was an, unfortunately we're kind of bummed that there was something we we're trying we we're trying to do for today's release but we'll you know we'll we'll save it for next year we can sure. put a little more time and effort in it life got in the way and made things a little difficult to get things done the way we wanted to so instead of giving you a half-assed version of it we'll give you a, a righteous version of it next year around this time exactly so believe it or not uh, twitter still works <laughs> so if you want to follow us on socials it's at karate pod on twitter letterboxd and insta if you want to follow Corey on Insta, it's Culper97, and on Letterbox is Cult Corey underscore Culp. If you'd like to follow Freddie, you could follow me at Rock and Roll33 on Instagram, or you can follow me at The Hotspot. <laughs> <laughs>